0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our text for this evening is uh, found on our monitors. I invite you to join with me in reading as a part of our first lesson for this evening. And God made this promise to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you." People of God, people whose faith is in Christ Jesus. If you were to ask uh, a number of adults uh, to name one particular moment in their life uh, that was truly amazing, uh, that really filled them with wonder, I think that many adults would refer to the time when they held a newborn baby whether it was their baby or or somebody else's. Whenever you hold a newborn baby, it truly is a a wondrous event. And quite often, as we hold a newborn baby, we carefully examine the baby. We uh, look at eyes and ears and toes and nose and all the different features. And and as you hold a newborn baby, very often you find yourself also asking, little one, what are you going to see? What is going to happen in your life? What are you going to do with this gift of life that has been given to you? And so whether it's parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle or a good friend who is holding this little one, uh, very often our imaginations carry us even far beyond the capabilities of our imagination. It's a miracle moment. A miracle moment. By the way, if you have children with you, be sure and tell them about the first time you held them uh, in your hands and let them know the wonder and the miracle that you saw in God's gift at that time. But now we jump back to Sarah and Abraham. Sarah and Abraham holding little Isaac. Here indeed was a child of wonder and amazement, a miracle child, a miracle child. Isaac was a promised child. Thirty years before this particular moment when they held Isaac for the first time, Thirty years before this, God had promised that they would have a child of their own, and they waited and they waited. The years went by, and as the years went by, so did their chance of ever having a child of their own. And finally, when it was totally impossible for them to have a child, to give birth to a child of their own, the impossible happened. It was, as Saint Paul wrote in his uh, letter to the Romans, it was God bringing life out of dead bodies, allowing them to have a child of their own. Sarah, 90 years old, Abraham, 100. But now, what were they doing? They were holding their very own child in their very own hands. And as they looked upon Isaac, their child, they realized they were looking upon a miracle because in spite of all the impossibilities, God had fulfilled His promise to them. Isaac was a promised child. Because he was a promised child, he was a hoped-for child. And now he was a for-real child being held there in their arms. But there was an even greater promise that God gave to Abraham. God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child of their own. God took Abraham out to the stars, told him to look up into the skies, and He promised Abraham that Abraham would have many different descendants. He promised Abraham that he would, have, he would become famous. He would have wealth beyond measure. He would become a great nation. His descendants would become a great nation of peoples. And then all of these led up to the big promise all peoples of the world will be blessed through one of your descendants. All peoples of the world will be blessed through one of your descendants. One person. Who would bring great blessings to all peoples of history? That's impossible. That is impossible. We like to think of ourselves as being able to live our lives in such a way that we at least make a difference in the lives of other people. But we also know that our circle of influence in order to do that is very limited. There's only so many people that we could possibly affect. But here God promises Abraham that one of his descendants would make a difference in every person's life every person who lived through history every person who lives all around the world that would indeed be a miracle and I'm sure that as Abraham and Sarah held their little Isaac they not only thank God for his promise to them that he fulfilled, but they probably also were wondering, little one, are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the one that brings a blessing to everybody else in all of history? Well, Sarah and Abraham had to wait for 30 years for God to fulfill the promise to give them their own son. 30 years is a long time to wait and wait And wait but eventually God did what he said he would do 30 years but God's promise of the one would take 2,000 years 2,000 years of waiting before that promise would be fulfilled and so for 2,000 years Abraham's descendants waited for the one the one who would be the blessing for all people. And finally, the time came to fulfill that promise. And again, the promise was fulfilled in a very unusual way in very unlikely circumstances. It was filled through a young woman, a virgin, who would conceive, bear a child. A child would be the Son of God. The answer to the promise given to Abraham some 2,000 years before. Another child of promise, another child of hope, and another miracle. But how would this little one who would be born in a stable, placed in a manger to rest and sleep, how would that child fulfill such a huge promise? But 2,000 years earlier, an event in the life of Abraham and Sarah's son Isaac would forecast how that happened, how it would happen. When Isaac was a young teenager, God gave Abraham a very troubling uh, instruction, a very unusual command. Abraham was instructed to take Isaac, his dearly beloved son, and offer him as a sacrifice. I'm sure that when Abraham heard those words he wondered if he was hearing correctly. He had waited for a hundred years to have a child, a gift of his son. But now God was demanding that he offer him up as a sacrifice. Isaac was the son of the promise. It was through Isaac that the one descendant would eventually arise. If Isaac's gone. All the other promises could not be fulfilled. And so, for all appearances, it seemed that if Abraham obeyed God, then it would be absolutely impossible for God's promise to be fulfilled. So, what did Abraham do? He did as God instructed him. He did as God instructed him. Several days later, Abraham and Isaac would be on top of a mountain. Isaac would allow himself to be tied, placed on top of the firewood on a made-up altar. And as Abraham prepared to sacrifice his son, at the last moment, the very last moment, God stopped the sacrifice. Abraham's life was spared, and God provided a ram that had gotten its head caught in a thicket right there near where Abraham and Isaac were. God provided a substitute to be sacrificed for Isaac so that Isaac's life could be spared. And you see, God used Isaac's near death experience to forecast what would happen some 2000 years later with God's own son. When Jesus, the promised child born of Mary, the child who was the child of hope, the child that would be the one to bless all the peoples of the world, would also become the one who was to be sacrificed. For you see, what is it that every person in the world needs? What is it that every sinful person needs? It's forgiveness. Forgiveness. And where there is forgiveness, as Martin Luther tells us, there is also eternal life and salvation. But forgiveness only comes through a sacrifice. There's no other path. There's no other path. And forgiveness needs a once and for all sacrifice that would be made by one person in all of history. And so the angel Gabriel told Mary that her child would be the promised child, the child of hope. And no wonder, as Mary sang her hymn of praise, which Pastor just read a few moments ago, she thanked God for remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. A child of promise, a child of hope, a child who would bring God's blessings to all peoples on the earth but a child who also after growing up would be offered as a sacrifice and this time the sacrifice would not be stopped. Our Heavenly Father would offer His only begotten Son as the perfect sacrifice, a sacrifice that is truly great enough to provide forgiveness for the sins of all people of history. And that sacrifice would be one that God Himself provided the Lamb of God, the one who pays the punish, punishment of all of our sin." A young man had sinned terribly against uh, his family. His sins were devastating. When he realized what he was done, had done, his uh, actions had just uh, filled him with so much remorse and guilt. And uh, he was talking to a friend, and he was asking his friend, is there any way that I can ever have forgiveness? Is there any way that I could be, ever be forgiven? Any hope of forgiveness for me?" His friend replied to him, uh, Yes, you've already been forgiven. You've already been forgiven. There may be some people who would never forgive you, but God has already forgiven you. Your forgiveness was signed and sealed when Jesus died on the cross. The young man continued and said but i I just cannot believe that that is possible how can it be possible that anybody that god himself would forgive me and so his friend quietly said this is what jesus wants you to understand and to believe you are forgiven the young man continued on and said but i don't feel forgiven how can i be forgiven even when I don't feel that I am forgiven." And the friend again replied quietly saying, this is what Jesus wants you to understand and to believe. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. All because of one sacrifice by one person more than 2,000 years ago or about 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world was made for you. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. That's the reality. That's the reality. Do we understand that though? It's not if we deserved it. It's not if we have earned it. It's not even if we feel as if we are forgiven. It's all about God's faithfulness to his promise. God promised Sarah and Abraham they would have a child of their own and 30 years later he delivered on that promise. God promised Abraham that one of his descendants would come eventually to be the blessing for all peoples of the world. 2,000 years later God fulfilled that promise. And when Jesus died on the cross, our Heavenly Father promised to give His forgiveness to everybody who calls upon His name. And today, in our hearing, God fulfills that promise. We are forgiven. Sarah and Abraham held their newborn child in their hands, a child of hope, a child of promise, a child who would barely escape being sacrificed. Mary and Joseph held the newborn Jesus in their hands, a child of hope, a child of promise. And as we picture that particular scene in our minds, and as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, so often we sing the hymn "Away in a manger." But if you notice, the words in the song title can become a bold statement: "A way in the manger." God provided a way in the manger. God provided a way for our forgiveness, for our salvation, for our eternal life. Because here in the manger is the child of hope, the child of promise, a child who provides forgiveness for all peoples of the world through his sacrifice for us. A child who demonstrates for all people and for all times, God will do even the impossible in order to keep his promises to you and to me." Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven, all because of what Christ has done for you. Him we praise. Him we trust. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.